Hey everyone, and welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith, and I'm sitting in a room by myself. This is our first bonus episode, which means it is a little different. Um, But before I moved back to Sydney and before Alex joined, there were a few interviews I did uh, in Hong Kong, and I was super grateful for all those people uh, giving me their time, and I wanted to make sure that they were heard. This first episode is with Rob Kelly, who provides a really interesting perspective on tattooing, and he's an exceptional artist. Hope you enjoy. Um, so, you've tattooed me twice now, all in the sun piece. Twice, yeah. yeah. And then I've got, well, as I said to you, I've got to book in a bunch <laughs> a more. more I don't think we have to go. And I think I definitely want to get the hand piece done. Oh, okay. I, I really want to go that yeah. one. So, we'll talk about that after. Um, but how, how, did you, how did you get into tattooing? Because I think tattooing to, to people is like this big black mystery box. And it's like, oh, if they don't have a tattoo, then... How did it begin? You know, where did it all come from? It's a tough question, like, where, where it began. I mean, I, I started getting tattooed years ago. I got my first tattoo when I was 14. Really? So that was probably the first, the first sort of insight into a tattoo shop. As far as tattooing people, I started in 2005. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, it, took a, uh, it was quite a traditional apprenticeship. Right. So I was being taught by somebody else. Yeah. So how old were you then? Uh, 2005, 26. Right. Is that late for tattoos? It's pretty late, yeah. It's later than I would have liked. Yeah. Is ideally, you know, I, I think back to it, I feel like I wasted 10 good years, you know, from 16 up to 26. And what were you doing then? Uh, when I was, uh, my first proper paid job was working in a video shop. Yep. Which was awesome. <laughs> my second favorite job behind tattooing. Uh, I'm worked in gyms as a trainer because I studied sports science really? at university yeah it was very brief it didn't work, it didn't work out well for <laughs> did me. you grow up here? yeah I moved here when I was 14 right so I had a couple of years here high school right I moved back to UK when I was 17 mm-hmm. for university came back here in about 2001 um, so when I came back here I was working for an engineering company <laughs> um, managing all the concrete that was getting poured on a train line and that I just fucking hated it it was awful <laughs> Um, and then from there I went on tried to make a living out of photography but mm-hmm. I was too stubborn um, I liked film uh, at that time it must have been what 2004-ish digital was up and coming but it wasn't as established as it is now yeah. and I, I just refused to move to digital digital shit I hate it I like the tactile nature of film and I just got priced out by uh, university students who right. had digital cameras that they could charge nothing because yeah. there's no the development costs for the film um, and then I got into tattooing I got started getting my sleeves done 2004-ish I'm what was guessing. your first tattoo? Uh, I got a lizard on my hip <laughs> a tiny little black tribal lizard <laughs> like the, the classic Bali gecko I see every uh, yeah yeah. If, if you had to picture it yeah picture <laughs> what you'd find in like a book of henna designs <laughs> when you go over to Thailand yeah it looked exactly like yeah. that it's about the size of a thumb yeah. uh, it was smaller than that when I got it <laughs> Uh, but it's what I could afford yeah. and it's what I could fit in like that line of a pair of Speedos so my mum would never see it. And it's still there, man. I still love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like You said you've always drawn and things, right? Uh, when I was young, when I was in the UK, I wanted to be in the army. Right. And I think that's, you know, my old man was in the army. His dad was in the army. My mum's dad was. 
I used I wasn't great in school. I used to like running around and kicking stuff and I thought the army's <laughs> for me. And then when we moved here, I discovered booze and girls and yeah. was like, there's no fucking way. Especially I'm Hong Kong, the army. right? Like you can be yeah. Yeah, 14, 15, get yeah. straight into it. And then also, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like I never particularly wanted to be anything yeah. until I found tattooing. You know, I, you just heard, you know, I danced around from a lot of different jobs and yeah. most of it was to just get paid. But they're um, like those skill sets are so broad as well. Like, oh yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. that's really broad. Like, it was all just out of necessity. Yeah. You know, I came back here I think my mum and dad were still here at the time. I'd spent maybe a week or two weeks living in their house and I mm. called up my buddy, my best friend Don, and said, I, I, can't, I can't stay here. Do you want to move out? Do you want yeah. to move in together and get a place? And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so we, we walked around uh, Hong Hom, which is where he yep. grew up. We used to hang out around that area a lot when we were kids. And we looked at one place that was like this 200 square foot apartment. You could literally touch each other all the time um, it was that small yeah. and we looked at that one place and went yeah cool let's move in <laughs> cost us six grand a month um, and it was fucking tiny man yeah. it was awful <laughs> we spent like two years living together there and then moved into a bigger place and you know once with doors it's not yeah I mean <laughs> we had rent and stuff to pay yeah, so we had yeah. to get a job yeah. <laughs> and not knowing what I wanted to do I took whatever job was going right. on so you started an apprenticeship at 26 were there yeah. any other kind of major events or major people who kind of shaped what you wanted to do or get like tattooing specifically no, not really. I mean, it was more of a case that I'd been getting tattooed for a long time. You know, my first one was 14, and then I had a few from the years on after that. And from 24 or 25, maybe even earlier than that, I started getting bigger tattoos. Yep. Which, the bigger tattoos I got, the more I realized that like, it's not that limiting to getting jobs and stuff yeah. like that. Excuse me. Um, and then, yeah, like the more I was in tattoo shops the more I enjoyed the idea of having this job where you can just go and you can draw, just something I've been doing since I was a kid anyway. Right. Um, and I just thought I could make a good living off it. And the more, the more I learned about it, the more passionate I became about tattoos. I wanted right. to know where they came from and the history of it and what tattoos meant. It just became more and more fascinating to me and that was what the catalyst was for okay. wanting to do it as a living. So, yeah, because tattooing, you know, is from the Egyptian times, like ancient Egypt sort of thing. It goes back even, even longer than longer that, than that to my right, knowledge. Right, yeah. um, the, the oldest recorded tattoos on a guy called Otsi, Otsi the Iceman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, right. Who, I, I can't they remember They cracked the exact, out of the ice or something, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Found in the tundra up in, like, Russia yeah. or something like that. And through uh, radiography or whatever it is they use, they discovered that he had tattoos and most of them were on top of old injuries. Right. Anyone that's listening to this, you might want to check the facts because yeah. it's just what, what, <laughs> I, what I remember. We're not going to claim to be facts, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they were all on top of old injuries. Yeah. So it looks like, uh, the theory is that they, it was almost like shamanic. Yep. He had these injuries and the tattoos were then either restorative or curative, some sort of magical... Um, uh, potion that was put on him to cure his ailments. Right. But, and for those, and again, I've taken this for granted as well. So quickly explain 101 on how a tattoo actually attaches to the skin. Because I think those two things will line up. Uh, the basics of it is, is there's three layers of skin. Mm -hmm. uh, the top layer being the epidermis. That's the, it constantly regenerates itself. It flakes off. Mm -hmm. um, the third layer, the, the underneath layer, that's where all the fat lies. And a tattoo sits in between the two. Right. Um, 
like long story short, it basically sits inside the cells. Yeah. And when that top layer of skin heals over the top of it, it just stays there. Right. And so the tattoo gun, the tattoo gun, is that what you call it? Uh, machine. I would machine. call it a machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I went to gun straight a away. Tap cat. <laughs> and that is literally driving ink through a needle yeah. to that point, right? And so that's where the scarification thing comes from. Where Pretty much, yeah. It's injecting. To, yeah. It's in it's pushing that needle into the skin, and the ink then runs almost over the top of that needle through the skin and deposits itself within the body and it's a tiny amount right or yeah, like, it's, yeah. yeah it's not much yeah. yeah I mean you've seen me tattoo you and I have this tiny little cup of ink that'll yeah. last for three hours yeah. it's not that much yeah. and I mean the needles are pretty small yeah and, and what's your w- way of working so like in your ideal state something like a, a tattoo that you love doing at the end what's, what's the st- A to B process kind of like meeting a client kind of understanding what they want Where do you, what, yeah the that, usual that? process for me I, I like to consult with people because I like to draw every tattoo yeah um, and it's a bit stressful, you know, if you just do it all over email and someone says, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. There's still this thing in my head that makes me think, well, if I do whatever I want, you're going to come in and not like it. Yeah. So I like to talk to people and get to know them a little bit so that I can then put that together with the idea that they've verbalized mm-hmm. and then create something that I think will fit them as a person, not right. just fit the, the area of the skin they want to get. Because that's, I guess that's the big link is that you know, tattoos are incredibly personal, not yeah. just because physically where they are, but exactly. people's emotional interpretation of them uh, can be, and the way they explain it is quite abstract and sometimes you need to watch them yeah. explain things that are abstract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what someone sends you an email and says, yeah, I want to get a medium sized tattoo. <laughs> medium. That medium size to them might be tiny to me. Or it might be fucking huge. Yeah. I just don't know. It's not McDonald's. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you want to upsize? Yeah, do you want to upsize your tattoo today? <laughs> sure, keep going. Yeah, so I like to talk it over with people first, mm-hmm. and then I'll need at least a couple of days to draw it. Because I like to draw on one day. I'll take a look at it a day after, just to make sure that, like with fresh eyes, I'm looking at it and make sure that there's nothing that I think, oh shit, I could actually do this with it. I think it's just the way I feel like I do better work. Yeah. And then the client will come in, check it out. If they dig it, great, then we move on to tattooing it. Sure. And again, like you've been tattooed by me, I'm pretty chill when we do it. Yeah. Um, I like to make it as casual as possible. Yeah. What, what do you think makes a good tattooist? Like, I, that's honestly the question I get asked all the time is like, oh, how did you pick Rob? Like, you know, how uh, you- for me, it's three things. It's probably going to end up like four or five or six. <laughs> three things off the top of my head. One, you've got to be able to draw. Um, you know, the, the, the drawing is the foundation of a good tattoo. You could be really technically proficient with a machine, but if your drawing is bullshit, then the tattoo is bullshit really? right from the start. Oh yeah, sure. Um, the second part is you gotta be technically sound. Right. You know, sound with the machinery of it all. Know how to uh, efficiently put a tattoo into the skin. Mm-hmm. If your drawing is amazing, but you don't know your way around the machinery, you end up going over it again and again and again and again on an outline, you're going to scar somebody up. Yep. So that's part two. Part three, uh, you've got to be cool with people. I think it definitely helps if you've got a good bedside manner because yeah. your client's under duress. You know, you're getting poked in the skin millions of times and it, <laughs> it hurts. You know this. Um, it hurts. And if you've got someone who is either a dick or... Uh, you know, is handling you in a manner that makes it more painful for you, 
you're going to get a worse experience yeah. out of it. So I think having that element of being able to deal with people and deal with people's stress and pain, being able to take their mind off it when you have to, that's a big part of it too. Yeah. Um, and if any one of those three elements is off, I think you're going to get less of a tattoo than someone who's got all three of them together. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. What sort of questions do you ask yourself like creatively when you're drawing something up? Uh, in terms of a tattoo, yeah. first of all, it's an aesthetic thing. Mm -hmm. Do I like looking at it? Is the person I'm drawing it for going to like looking at it? Because what I like, you know, you, I might not get a tattoo that you would get. Yeah. But I've got to make sure that I'm happy looking at it because it goes out with my name on, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, firstly, aesthetically, it's got to be pleasing. Secondly, it's got to work as a tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, what might work graphic design-wise on paper or a on a billboard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it might look awesome, but on a tattoo, it might end up just blurring all into a big blob, or there's not enough contrast in there. Um, so you want to make sure that technically it's put together in a way that is going to do someone justice. Yeah. Um, I'd feel like I was doing someone a disservice if a tattoo looks great for a week and then it heals and you're left with this sort of messy, wishy-washy blob. Um, you know, you're sort of selling snake oil to someone. Yeah, because so, you're, you're consciously aware that yeah. this probably won't work for a while. Or Exactly. Is, uh, is there a limit of that kind of like a, what would be the word, like a, a do you have a, like a, 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 I guess a limit of statutations almost but what it called with because different tattoos must have different kind of lifetimes. Like yeah, absolutely. With, yeah, you know, I've always been tattooed in, in grey, black, and yeah. nothing else. I've got a lot of shading now, which I never thought I'd go for. Yeah, it's definitely like a more Maori kind of tattoo, which is much more block based. Yeah, do do those sorts of elements break into it? Is a more colour versus for black sure? Yeah, or? I mean, one of the big reasons that tattoos have always been black is because it creates that contrast with your skin. And if you're looking at a picture that has uh, everything you're looking at is tonally the same. Um, you take, exa for example, if you were to get a color portrait of a bald guy, he's got no hair, it's just skin tones, you put that onto your skin, over the years, it's going to end up getting washed out because yeah. there's no contrast, there's nothing to hold it together. So it's um, almost like the pixeling of lines on a, on a digital print. Is, it, is, it, is that fair to say? So your contrast um, is higher? It's a little bit different, I would say, to that. Um, that would be... For me, uh, if you think of a tattoo that has an outline on it, right. if the outline is not tattooed correctly, that right. might lend itself more to that sort of pixelated oh, effect. Right. So you're I talking you about shades of color. Yeah, being if you're looking close. at a really soft tattoo, no outline, no black in it, and it's just light tones, it's never going to hold together. Yeah. Because it, you need to have that contrast. You need to have that framework that's going to that's going to hold it all together yep. over time. If you look at my body of work, almost 99% of it has got black in it somewhere. Right. Even if it doesn't look like it has black, it's got something in there that's, that's dark enough so that in 20 years' time, it's still going to be there. Is that where the name came from? Blackout Bob, or is that maybe no, picked up somewhere else? I just thought it honestly, might have been you getting kissed every night. But. I don't remember where the name <laughs> came from. Um, but I really struggled with a name for the shop. And the story I tell people is me and the guy that I was working with at time, uh, we'd gone over a million ideas for names and none of them stuck. So we just went out and got drunk and said, I oh, will just deal with this. We'll deal with it tomorrow. We'll deal with it the day after. And he sent me a message the morning after and said, man, I don't remember how we got home. 
it then ended up with one of us saying, man, that was a blackout. And then just something on the screen, when I looked at the word, yep. it was evocative of tattoos, <laughs> the black. There's always been this, uh, I think, fear for new people new to tattooing that they're going to black out, they're going to faint. And I'd never heard the name before, and I thought it was cool. Yeah. I, it's nothing more than that. I just thought it was a cool-sounding name. That is, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always been fascinating for me. It is memorable for whatever reason. Yeah. Blackout and tattoos really sit together. Like, it, Someone asked me, are they just black tattoos? You know those guys who specialize in black tattoos, mm. like negative space tattoos? That, yeah. Originally, that's what I thought it might have been. And I'm like, no, this has, that's, that's something else entirely. Because yeah. you, you do have a huge variety of styles, right? I do. I and do. Is that common? Is that kind of what sets you apart? Is that your drawing finesse? Or? I think most tattooers are pretty well versed in at least a couple. Yeah. Um, just commercially I guess you've, you've got to be at some point yeah exactly I mean, it was partially uh, I don't want to get pigeonholed just doing one thing yeah like, I, I, I love all styles of tattooing some more than others um, but I think if I was doing any one style every day day in day out I'd either get burnt out or I'd get bored of it um, so I've always wanted to be versatile yep. and then yet yeah, again like commercially I'm a one man shop 90% of the time yep so being able to take care of whatever comes in the door means that I'm not turning people away, yeah. which pays my bills and yep. puts food in my dog's mouths and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do have a lot of dogs. I, I do. Have like uh, yeah. four, like French? Four dogs, yeah. Got a Jack Russell uh, Bulldog Cross. Right. I've oh, got a, <laughs> a Hong Kong Mutt. Yep. I never quite know what to call them. I've got a Pomeranian and a Pekingese. <laughs> Yeah, Pomeranian it's a real weird great. collection. I never thought I'd be in the Pomeranians, but every time I look at one, I'm like, I want a white one, and I want to call it Cloud, <laughs> and I want it to follow me around. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it's it's a really weird. I think Hong Kong did that to me more than. I it. didn't want to like small dogs, yeah. man. I used to tell people, uh, yeah, I like big dogs. I want to wrestle them, and you can't wrestle a small dog. And this first small dog I got, man, I just wanted to carry it around yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and now I tell people I'm all about small dogs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially in Hong Kong, like you see yeah. some of those big dogs outside, the Chow Chows and everything else, and they they, they look a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm um, coming into the shop. What are, what are kind of your rites and rituals for you? Like, you know, I, I work with a bunch of different creatives, from designers to filmmakers to you know, I've got a couple mates who are glass blowers and you know, even my barber. Like, they all have a you know set of rituals that they kind of do, even sometime unconsciously. Yeah, is there anything you've picked up on from yourself that you you do? I'm sure there's a bunch. Yeah, I mean. I, I like routine in my day, so it stresses me out if I know I've got a ton of uh, little red numbers on my phone yeah. telling me that I've got emails stacking up. So the first thing I do every morning is I get a coffee and then I'll sit and I'll take care of all my emails just to kind of sweep them away. And then I'll come into the shop and I'll clean the place because it's I'm proud of the shop. I mm. want it to be a place people walk in and go, oh shit, this is nice. I'll come in, I'll clean, and then I'll usually draw for a little bit. And then I'll start tattooing. Yep. Um, I know I've got a couple of things I like to do when I'm tattooing. I like to set up my inks in a certain way. Yep. Um, I have this thing where in between outlines, I'll dip my finger in a tiny little bit of Vaseline I and kind of rub it, it on you. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if I have to do it. <laughs> but mentally, it's just become this thing yeah. where it's almost like a little tap of my finger on something. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I do it. I just do. For me, like, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I didn't really talk to my barber about it, but 
when he uses scissors, he'll flick his scissors in a really specific way for no right. reason that he's resetting mentally. Yeah. And that's become his, like, kind of... Not a tick, but, like, his... He, well, it is a tick, I guess, you know, in the sense that that's his touch and his tactile, yeah. like, okay, I'm back in there. Yeah. From a... Um, from a environment, you know, and I, I did, I, I immediately noticed how precise everything was. Like, everything yeah. had its place. I think it comes for me, from, it's from the idea of uh, mise en place. It's, uh, you might have heard it if you ever talked to a chef. Right. Oh, I um, my understanding of it was it was a cooking term, which means right. everything has its place. Okay. So that, again, going back to the chef, if you're cooking a meal and you're on a time frame, you know where everything is. So your knives are over here, your salt and pepper's over here. You're not fucking around asking so people, hey man, have you seen my, my black ink or whatever yeah. it might be. I like everything to be where I know it is mm. so that I'm not spending time messing around. Yeah. Um, and for me mentally, like having a place that's put together in a way that I can come in and know where everything is and I don't have to go, oh God, I gotta do this. Like That's what would fuck up my routine, yeah. I think. Um, I just like things to be put away and to be tidy and... Because this is something I'm seeing a lot is that People, you know, people talk about creativity broadly, especially kind of looking at tattooing where it has a thousand stigmas attached to it yeah. and always has. But the precision and the structure around what you do, which is something that is so creative and, you know, in, in enormous air quotes, air quotes, so edgy, that I think people have this belief that all creatives are messy, unorganized, and it's this, you know, inspirational chaos. Yeah. When I'm actually finding through all these conversations, it's totally the opposite. It's like, yeah. if everything around me is routine, structured and efficient, I can therefore do my best work. Yeah. And that's what I'm more and more picking up on is that everyone I spoke to, like the ethnographer I spoke to, she's like, I have to be clean. She's like, I know it sounds weird. She's like, it's not like I don't shower, but she's like, I have to be as clean as I can be and like in, in real clothes to even work at home. Yeah. And I thought that was just such an insight into the structure around the truly creative people kind of start to have. I think every, every creative person is going to be a little bit different. Yeah, everyone has their own little, as you said, like routines, things that set them up for the day. Yeah. I've been in you know, some artist studios. It looks like a bomb's hit it. But when you watch them work, they know where everything is. Yeah. Um, and that's the way they like to work. If it were me, I would go out of my brain. <laughs> and I want to walk in there and organize all their pain. <laughs> From dark to light, yeah, I need a spectrum. The, the spectrum. I used to do that with my inks, actually. Um, yeah, man, like it's weird how people work. Yeah, like and and work to do things that people see the end result of, and that's yeah. what they see. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. And you know, I finally landed on a name for these interviews, which all of, like it's all going to be around makers and creators. Yeah, because ultimately that's where I'm really heading with this stuff. It's all people who make things. Yeah. Um, what about, and kind of to that point, what else is it outside of tattooing that kind of influences your tattooing? It's, it's everything. Right. Everything. Yeah, I mean, if I travel, I'm looking at architecture, I'm looking at statues, the sort of physical elements in the world, graffiti, music, uh, other people's art, conversations, everything, everything sort of promotes an idea. Yep. And the idea is the, the starting point for any drawing. Um, I, I, I mean, some of the stuff I've drawn, it's come from a million different places. Um, yeah, that's, I forgot your question. No, no, <laughs> that, was, that, no that was bang on. Like, I, was just, I, I literally just was writing down the idea as a starting point for any drawing because I think yeah. that's also what I'm trying to really crack out of this is that people that, and again, coming from advertising, there is a big line drawn in the sand yeah. between idea and, and, right. and creative and design. Like, they are literally rows of seats on a yeah. desk sometimes. There might be a difference between 
it's sort of your official line of work in advertising and mine where quite often I'm dealing with feelings. Uh, I'll tell you a story. I had a guy come in uh, last week who he didn't have any idea of a subject that he wanted to get tattooed, but he'd come in and said, well, you know, I wanted to get something that marked the last few years where I felt kind of sad. And that's really difficult yeah. for me because a feeling of sadness to me might evoke a different image than one would to you or to this other guy. So what I had to do was kind of probe into his his life a little bit and say, okay, well, what does that mean to you? What what do you picture when you think of sadness? And try and drag that out of him. So then I've got then got this image that I can translate into a tattoo. But um, for th- for those kind of people who don't know what they want but want to come in and have something marked on them, what what do you think the kind of the deeper motivation is? Is it the is it the keepsake? Is it the reminder? Because people get tattoos for people a get tattoos for yeah for a million different reasons. Yeah. I mean, the a tattoo is as different as the person who's wearing it, yeah. right? And some people are going to get tattooed for memorials. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a memorialization of a lost loved one or uh, a place in time that someone somebody wants to remember. It might be for fashion. Someone just likes how tattoos look. Um, some people get them for sort of therapeutic reasons. Um, you know, you have... Uh, I, I've tattooed a client in the past who I was fairly convinced she had a form of like body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. So being tattooed was almost like a suit of armor over the, yeah. the skin that she wasn't comfortable in. Yeah. Um, some people get tattoos just for fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's different for every tattoo. Even for from... You take the same client, you tattoo them ten times. There might be ten different reasons why they got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What makes you say no to a tattoo? Uh, it, Assuming you do. I have I have done in the past. <laughs> yeah. If I don't think it's going to look great, um, yeah. You know, part of what I'll do is I'll try and. It sounds really sort of snobbish if you put it like this, but sort of educate someone into how to make their idea look good as a tattoo. Yeah. Um, I've had a one of my real early clients after I opened the shop uh, came in with an idea for a tattoo the idea was great but she had a piece of artwork that she'd done and no disrespect to her it just didn't look great uh, that's what she wanted and that's what she wanted on her and I told her I'm sorry I'm, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't reflect the quality of work I want to do um, so I tried to find a, a common ground where I could redraw it and try to keep it similar but she wasn't budging Yeah. so I ended up uh, unfortunately, turning that one down. Well, that almost becomes um, you makes you a builder rather than a designer, right? At that point, because you're not designing anything from scratch or even in consultation. You're yeah, to a point. Yeah, I mean, you're always building upon someone's idea most of the time, anyway. Unless you're lucky enough that someone comes in and looks at your flash or looks at drawings that you've done and goes, "Oh, that's awesome! That's exactly what I've always wanted." Yeah. Um, which happens sometimes. I think and I might sometimes have done that it doesn't. Yeah, Stack maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about the next 10, 20 years? What, what do you think is going to keep you going? Exactly what it does now, yeah. man. I just love tattooing. <laughs> I think if every day I can feel lucky that I come into work and I'm happy to come into work. Yeah. I don't think there's been a single day, whether it's a small tattoo or a big one, or even if I know it's on a client who's maybe not as easy as the client the day after, it's still amazing to be able to come in and draw on people and make a living out of it. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, maybe in 20 years' time, when I'm pushing 60 years old, I'll be tattooing a little bit less. Yeah. But I'll still be around tattooing, yeah. for sure. I'll nice. be around it until I'm dead. It's such a lifelong skill you've learned. And I think yeah. there, there's something where... Again, something the barber said to me was that he can never do the same cut twice. It's yeah. like, I love it and I hate it. Yeah. Like, but I think I love it more than I'll ever hate it. Yeah. Um, because it is kind of this this ever-changing canvas. It is kind of this... It does shift with style and subculture. And yeah, like whether you're 60 or whether you're 80 or 100, like yeah. you can still tattoo someone. I think yeah. that's a really unique... I think also, you know, with any art or any craft, there's always a way to progress past where you are you know whether it's learning a new skill or if you take tattooing um you know sort of becoming more proficient in a certain style of tattooing whether it's old school stuff or portraits or even trying to push the boundaries of what you've always been told will work as a tattoo and trying to push outside of that like if you look at instagram or you look at uh people's portfolios all around the world there are tattoos in them that 20 years ago if you told an old school tattooer that you could do this sort of painterly watercolor stuff or this graphic uh what are people calling it trash polka trash polka yeah look look at that (laughs) it's very graphic designy it's a lot of uh, like halftone images and stuff like that if you'd have shown one of those to a, an old-time tattooer, that'd have been, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is not tattoos. But because now it's being seen more of art rather than strictly tattoos, you, you can push it way past what you thought was possible. And in 20 years' time, I'm going to be excited to see what tattoos are. And 30 years' time, same. No, that's great, man. Look, thank you very much. I don't have any other No, questions. thank you, man. Thank you.